I love the fact that, that you can just come as you are to Jesus, that, that even as a baby, like, what's easier to come to than a, a baby? You know, there's no threat, and, and that's how Jesus was and is, that you can come to him as you are, and he will break every chain. And it doesn't matter if your chain looks like addiction, it doesn't matter if your chain looks like broken relationships, it doesn't matter if your chain looks like like hopelessness or if your chain looks like sickness, he will break and can break every chain. And that's why we celebrate him and that's why we worship him. And we're going to continue talking about celebrating Jesus today. We've been talking about this uh, this whole series about praising and finding different people that praised, uh, praised God through the Christmas story. And we've touched on a lot of different characters, but today we're going to touch on one of the main characters, and that's Mary. And in Luke chapter 1, it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but now she's in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you have believed that the Lord would do what he said. And then Mary goes on to give this song of praise. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of a lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham 
and his children forever. Now, I was reading through all the Christmas story for, our, for this message series, and I've read through the Christmas story a lot this year. Um, but as I was reading through it this last time, about a month ago, I caught something that I hadn't caught before. And so you always read this part in the Christmas story, Luke 2, 15 to 19, that when the angels left them, they had gone into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to him. And then there's this verse that says, but Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. But then this is the part that I hadn't caught, and I hadn't really caught it probably because it's not really part of the traditional Christmas story. But if you just go on down a little bit further in Luke 2, 12 years has passed, Jesus is 12 years old. They go back to Jerusalem, and, and this story happens. It says, after three days, and, and so they go to Jerusalem, they do their thing, and they're heading back, and they realize after a couple of days that Jesus isn't with them. They, they thought he was probably in the caravan with some family or something like that, but after a couple of days, they realize that Jesus isn't there. And so this is what happens. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. It's twice that it says that, that as Jesus was growing up, Mary just treasured these things in her heart. Whenever God did something, whenever she saw God moving, whenever, whenever Jesus, she had a significant moment, she just treasured it in her heart. She pondered it. She thought about it often. And it's all too easy to see God move and God do amazing, miraculous things and go, oh, wow, that was cool, and then just kind of move on and, and forget about it and not think about it often and go, man, God is good. And so Mary reminds us that it's good to have those treasures. It's good to have those memories, especially in a year like this one. Because sometimes you have to remind yourself of God's faithfulness in the times when you're wondering if God is faithful. Sometimes you have to have those treasures stored in your heart so that you can look back on them and be reminded that God is good when times are dark. Remember what Simeon told Mary in the Christmas story, and this is Luke 2. It says Jesus' parents were amazed at what was, he was saying about them. And it says that Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is 
destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. And you go, wow, that's some blessing, isn't it? Like, you know, like a sword's, you know, normally like it's like peace be with you or like, hey, Merry Christmas, hope you have a good next year. But, but Simeon's like, a, a sword's going to pierce your soul. Be blessed. Um, and, and really, ever since she had a baby in a feeding trough, Mary's life was crazy. Right after that, they had to move to Egypt after that, they had to move to Nazareth. They lose their son for a few days when he's 12. 30 years later, Jesus is preaching and doing things, and, her, and, and Mary and her brothers are kind of going like, maybe Jesus has lost his mind. And then a couple years after that, Mary is watching her son be tortured and killed and crucified. Mary, you know, somewhere in there, most people believe that Joseph died. Mary lived a hard life. Mary was no stranger to pain and struggle and heartache. But that's why it's all that more important that Mary treasured things in her heart. She had these treasures that couldn't be taken away. She, she had treasures of shepherds coming and stories of angels singing, treasures of wise men coming who had followed a star to where they were and giving her literal treasures. She had treasures of a boy who astounded the wisest teachers with the understanding of God, his father. And those were things that couldn't be taken away from her because she kept them in her heart. She treasured those things in her heart. And when you know how good God is, it'll give you peace when it feels like all the world is bad. When you know how faithful God is, it will give you peace when your life feels like it's out of control. Mary knew who God was. He, she knew who Jesus was, so she had peace. Do you remember what she prayed when she was at Elizabeth's that we read? He said that, she said that Jesus would come to shine a light on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet to the path of peace. And you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily call 2020 a peaceful year. I know, though, that plenty of you have found peace this year, even in difficult times, partially because of the treasure that you've stored up in your own heart and because you know the Prince of Peace. So if you find yourself struggling this Christmas, go back to the source of peace. If you have a relationship with Jesus in your life, go back to those treasures. Go back to all those memories of a faithful God. A God who made a way when there was no way. And so you believe he'll do it again. So when you see God move, remember to treasure it.
But more than that, remember to share it. Because when others are in the middle of things, when you're in the middle of it, when it's really dark, sometimes it's hard to remember just how good and faithful God is. And sometimes it just takes another believer, another brother or sister, to share some of their faith with you, to share some of their treasures with you, to help give you the faith to remember that God is faithful and God is good. So keep a hold of those treasures. Share those treasures with everyone. And here's the great thing. It's not like a physical thing where I share my treasure with you, but that means I have less treasure. No, with God, you you can store up that treasure in your heart and you can give that treasure to somebody else, but you still have just as much treasure as you always did. but But now somebody else else has a stronger faith and a stronger belief that God is good because of what's happened in your life. You can give your treasures to other people. And so, you know, we're going to do that today. We've been doing that for a few weeks of sharing testimonies of how good God is. And you're going to hear from people today that had peace in a year that was anything but peaceful. You're going to hear from people that once again found God faithful and remembered God's faithfulness even though they were walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And they've treasured God's faithfulness. For this year it was in their heart and they want to share that treasure with you. That this Christmas that you can praise God too. That you might be encouraged. That you might know the peace that they have found in Jesus. So we have a couple of people that are going to share today, but before we do that, I just want to ask if anybody wants to share just a short testimony maybe of how God gave you peace in a difficult time in your life, or how have you seen God's faithfulness? Anybody want to share? How's God given you peace in difficult times? If nobody's going to go, I'm going to just call on a, a couple people that have pre. I'm, I'm, I'm not just like cold calling so everybody can like just chill. Uh, like I'm not just going to. You get still. Um, so I'm going to have Greg Rush come up, and Greg's going to tell a little bit about peace that he found in Christ uh, in a stressful time um, when, when he needed a little bit of peace, and he found peace in the Prince of Peace. Good morning. Oh, hold on. Did I not turn that? Okay, I, it should be on. Good morning. Yeah. Some of you may know this a little bit about my story, but um, earlier this year, I had a, I'm going to call it a small bout with skin cancer. Um, and at the time, it didn't seem like it was a small, small thing. Um, so last year, we were watching a spot on my neck, and, 
And we finally decided in January that I should go have a doctor look at it. Well, the doctor said we should remove that. So he scheduled a time to, to remove it and he sent it away for testing. Well, that test came back as melanoma. In fact, it was stage two melanoma because of, its, of the size. And I still remember what my doctor told me. He said, there's three types of skin cancer, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you've got the ugly. So of course that scares you. <laughs> and he says, my doctor says, we're gonna refer you to the OSU James Cancer Hospital for some follow-up. So I'm thinking, what am I in for here? And I felt the first thing I needed to do was share it with the elders here. And they, they prayed over me. And I felt some peace. But there was still waiting to happen. And I, I tend to be one of these people that want to do things on my own. And I'm thinking, what can I do about this? But as more people heard about it and were praying for me, I did start feeling peace. And it was a peace that I don't know if I've ever felt before. So there's more tests to do. They want to do, they did a PET scan, full body PET scan. They're looking, because melanoma is a kind of skin cancer that can spread other places. So they did a full body PET scan. Guess what? PET scan didn't show anything. They wanted to do another surgery just to make sure they got it all. So they did a bigger surgery on my neck. They took some lymph nodes. Uh, as Joellen talked last week, sentinel lymph nodes, which is the first place it spreads to typically, the ones close to that area. They didn't find any signs. And I'm thinking, stage two melanoma, how can there not be any other issues with that? And then and I thought, God's taking care of it. He either prevented it from spreading or he healed it. And I've had numerous follow-ups this, this year, and there's, there's still no sign of any further cancer. And it's, it was amazing throughout all this, the peace that I felt, especially when I knew so many people were praying for me. So I guess I've learned, don't try to do it all on yourself. <laughs> you got to have trust that God's there for you. And he's, you know, he, I, I'm a firm believer that he's the one that took care of this for me and gave me the peace to, to, to go through all the testing and the waiting and the wondering. So that's my story of peace for this year. Thanks, Greg. Now, you might hear a story like that and go, well, you know, maybe that it's just coincidence. Maybe, you know, things like that happen. But, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a once, you know, it's just like a one, one story, like God, you know, maybe that wasn't God. God doesn't do things like that that often. Um, but you would be wrong. Um, 
because God moves that way all the time and in all kinds of different ways. And sometimes it's a long journey. Sometimes it's a short journey. Sometimes, you know, the journey leads with you singing praises to Jesus to his face. Um, but, but God is still a God of healing, and, and I believe it, and we've heard that story. But I'm going to ask Rick DeVore uh, to come up and share his story. His story started about a year ago. Yeah, just over a year, um, and uh, and so he he wants to share his story uh, with you this morning. And uh, I've known Rick for quite a. I I wasn't that small. I, I've I've always been short, but 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 yeah, I've known Rick since I was probably about fifteen. Uh, I grew up with his son Heath. We were kind of are good friends. Um, we went to youth group together, and uh, and I think that youth group probably changed both of our lives a little bit. And uh, and and Rick, he used to be the adult that went with us on trips, and and I've I've shared hotel rooms with Rick and gave Rick palpitations, and and uh, I I can be I, I've calmed down some, but I can be a little bit. Uh, a handful sometimes, I guess, and uh, and so he loved me through that, and uh, and so Rick's going to tell you about God, what God did for him this year. What Brian didn't tell you is, as a typical teenager, we went to a teen talent contest in Denver. It's not up loud enough. Oh, there we go. Is that better? What Brian didn't tell you is that um, we worked together in a teen drama uh, in a national contest, and Brian, being the typical male teenager, did not know his lines. So I had to spend three days in a hotel being a girl so Brian would learn his lines. But he nailed it. It was awesome. It it brought the house down. Um, Brian also didn't tell me that... um, I was going to be at the end of the service and told me I had a lot of time, so it's his fault for not having popcorn, and, and I apologize, but first I would like to thank God for, for being here. Um, I, uh, I may not have been, and uh, I, just, I just praise God for that. For me, it's a win-win situation, so I was okay. But I, of course, worried about my wife, my kids, my grandkids. Um, and uh, I'm just very thankful to be here. I'd like to thank God and Brian for this opportunity to speak. Um, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Rick DeVore. And I know that a lot of you have been praying for me. Um, and it's, it's greatly appreciated. I would ask that you continue to pray because I'm still dealing uh, with some stomach issues and... Um, neuropathy in my hands and feet, which makes it very challenging. Um, My prayer this morning is that from my testimony, you'll hear a message of faith, hope, and peace. Um, And that whatever you may be going through in your life, you can take something away from this morning that will help you with your situation. Um, On December 8th, 2019 at 12:30 our world changed forever 
Um, I became jaundice when I came home from a sales meeting in New York and my wife took me to the Hawking Valley Community Hospital where the emergency room doctor, Dr. Prince, um, had ran some, you know, some different tests and ended up running a CAT scan and had to come back and tell me that I had a mass on my pancreas. You could tell by the look on his face um, that he didn't think my odds were very promising. And he said, you need to go to the James Hospital and uh, Cancer Hospital. Well, you know, I've always been invincible. You know? So undeterred, I said, you know, well, we're going to meet our cousins in Amish country for dinner tonight, and then we're going to a show tomorrow. When do I have to go to the James? He goes, oh, no, you have to go now. I said, oh. Okay, we had some phone calls to make. So that was at 12.30. And uh, we, uh, it, it's funny because people talk about social networks and, and uh, the social media and how they can do all this stuff. I can tell you a good prayer network beats a good social network any day of the week. Um, we arrived at the James Cancer Hospital at 6.30 that evening. And we literally had people praying for us from coast to coast. It was humbling. It was uh, just amazing to see the outpouring of love and prayer from everybody across the country. People I didn't even know. But from the beginning of this, Brian talked about peace. From the beginning of this, God gave me a peace. And uh, it, it, it's unexplainable. It's his peace. It's not our peace. It's his peace. And I just never worried about what was going to happen. It was just, okay, what do we have to do next? And uh, I, I have to tell you, until you really turn your life over to Christ, your entire life, not part of it, but all of it, until you turn your entire life over to God, you're not going to feel that peace. And it's glorious. I mean, it's crazy. It's unexplainable where you can have this peace. You know, a long time ago, after many arguments with, with God, which I always lost, by the way, um, I told God that I would go wherever he wanted me to go. I would do whatever he wanted me to do. And I had wanted to stay here. And he moved me to East Liverpool, which is where Brian and I met. Fifteen years later, as my children were grown, he told me to move back here. I'm like, I don't want to go back there. You wouldn't let me stay there. Now I want to go. I want to stay here. My kids, my grandkids, everybody's out here. I want to stay here. He's like, no, you go back you go back. And so I did. Um, but I've seen so many blessings by actually finally submitting to God. And so I told God, look, I'll go wherever you, here I am, send me. Okay? I don't care if it's a mud hut in Africa, you made me, you provide for me, you'll take care of me, I'll go. I had no idea that pancreatic cancer was going to be my Africa. 
But our prayer from the beginning was that God would be glorified and that he would use this. He would help us to use this through our journey to help other people, uh, no matter what the outcome was. And those are two things we still want to do. We want to glorify God in the highest, and we want to help other people. Um, So if you haven't completely, key word, completely turned your life over to God, today is the day. Or maybe you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior yet. Today's the day. Maybe you've accepted Christ, but you still haven't totally let him have control. It can't be, well, I don't want to do that, God. Can I, can I do this? You know, I want to do something else. No, it can't be that way. We have to be willing to do anything, anything he asks us to do then you'll have that peace. And I, I, I can't tell you how much that peace means, how much it's different than just going through the motions. It's just incredible. I once had someone tell me to become more independent, you have to become more dependent on God. It's very true. Sometimes he has to hit us, well, at least me, between the eyes with the two before to get our attention because we're not paying attention. Um, But we need to not just pray to God. We need to listen. We need to listen to what he has to say to us. His answer to our prayer may not be in the form that we're asking. You know how we pray? We pray sometimes and we get this picture in our mind. This is how God, this is how I want God to answer it. But he doesn't answer it that way. He answers it a different way. He answers it, but it's a different way than we expect. We need to be obedient to that. And we need to do his will. Because sometimes the answer is even no. Are we ready for that? No. It's like a parent telling a kid. He's our father. Sometimes he has to tell us no. But we have to trust him and know that it's for our own good. Sorry. Getting back to our journey. Um, After two stays in the hospital in December, which... We got to celebrate New Year's Eve in the hospital. Woohoo! Um, I started chemo at the beginning of the year. Um, I took four and a half months of the harshest chemo uh, you can have without being hospitalized. I would go to the infusion center in Lancaster where they would give me two chemo drugs during the day. Uh, took about six hours. And then they would hook me up to a pump and give me a third chemo drug and send me home with the pump. I would bring the, the pump back to the infusion center on Wednesday after being on chemo for 51 straight hours. Um, this happened every other week. They had to give my body a week off to recuperate and recover. Um, it, was not, it was not a fun time. Um, This chemo produced some of the most wild side effects you could imagine. I couldn't drink anything cold. It felt like I was drinking broken glass. I couldn't touch anything cold. It felt like I was touching a live electrical wire. Um, My taste buds were shot. Um, For the first six months of the year, everything tasted like Elmer's glue or metal. Don't ask me how I know what Elmer's glue tastes like. I had mouth sores that would make my mouth raw. 
and I'm not talking about code sores. I'm talking about somebody taking a potato peeler to the, your gums. It, it was just raw. It was sore. Um, and then, of course, the neuropathy came, and my hands and feet felt numb and tingling, like they're asleep all the time. Still do. Um, you can tell I'm trying to keep my hands warm. Um, it, it was a real party. Um, all those side effects are gone now except for the neuropathy, and I'm, I'm hoping and praying that that goes away soon. I would ask that you would pray for that as well, please. Um, but even then, we were very blessed because every time I had to go for chemo, every time I had to go for an appointment, now think about this, beginning of the year, January, and it would get cold. We had a little bit of snow last year. Every time I had an appointment, it was like 50 degrees. So it, it was warm compared to what it could have been. During this time, I had wonderful friends that I would call and give updates to, specifically three people that I would call. I would give them updates, and they would, uh, they would send this update out to numerous people. They would type it for me because I couldn't, you know, typing, because of the neuropathy, it was almost impossible to send an email. For me to type anything more than a couple sentences just took forever because I couldn't feel my fingers. Now, I've been typing for 40 years. I couldn't, I couldn't tell where I was, um, so it took forever. Um, but I could always tell when they would send out the Rick newsletter because I would get flooded with texts and emails from supporters, from friends, family, old colleagues, current colleagues, um, you know, people, you learn a lot about people when they share with you. Some of them had cancer and survived. I didn't even know they had cancer. Um, but it was just such a blessing. Many people sent scriptures and encouragement, and that too was a great blessing. One of the scriptures they sent me was Psalm 91. And I'm sure some of you are familiar with it, but it became my battle cry. And uh, I want to... Thank the pastor for not sharing that this morning with 95 instead of 91 because uh, I would like to read it to you um, because it not only applies to me, but it applies to all of us in this COVID situation that we're going through. So give me a, give me a second here. Ah. I even got it on my Bible cover. It says, Whosoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I, in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. 
If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overcome you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I read that over and over again. And I'm not saying that as a Christian, your life is going to be problem free. Not at all. What I am saying is that no matter what your situation is, God is there with you. And he can give you peace and even joy in every situation. During a trip to one of my appointments on April 15th, our pastor called to talk to us. And while he was praying, I felt the Holy Spirit. And I had a vision. I had my eyes closed and my head bowed. And it was just so clear and powerful. I could see... Jesus' head in my chest and he was hugging me and he quietly said I've got you I was, I was overwhelmed with such peace that I can't even explain it I just knew I just knew that everything was going to be okay I uh, I went through three additional chemo treatments at the James, along with three straight weeks of radiation every day for three weeks in June. And my operation was scheduled for July. It was a Whipple surgery, where they take your gallbladder, part of your pancreas, part of your stomach, part of your small intestine, to make sure they get all the cancer, and then they replumb, they reattach everything. Although this operation was very short. My surgeon was awesome, by the way, but she found three small spots on my liver during the operation and sent them out for biopsies. One of them came back as cancer. Their current procedure, I guess, is if they, if they find cancer on the liver, they feel that the cancer is spread and there's no curing it at that point, just treatments to control it. I still have questions about that, but that's for another time. So at that point, they just sewed me back up. And after a week in the hospital, I came home, and then we went back for a follow-up meeting in two weeks. We were going to see what my new treatment program was going to be. The surgeon's nurse practitioner came in and she, to talk to us, and she said, you know, gee, you look good. She said, just keep doing what you're doing, and the oncologist team will be in in about five minutes, and they'll, uh, they'll talk to you about your new treatment program. First time they let my wife in, by the way, during COVID. So we're sitting there, and uh, about five minutes went by, and there's a knock on the door. It's the nurse practitioner for the surgeon again. And uh, she said, I've got news. And I said, good news? And she said, no, great news. She said, your oncologist was reviewing your... Uh, pathology report 
which has an update. This never happens. The pathologist went back and retested the spot that was cancerous and found no cancer. He then had three other pathologists confirm it. They gave us a copy of the pathology report and it said signs of cancer no longer seen. Praise the Lord. God is still the same God that works miracles every day, as Brian said, and I'm so blessed that he saw fit to bless me with one of those miracles. She said she was trying to contact a surgeon who, bless her heart, had worked her vacation schedule around my surgery. And after the first surgery was a failure, I don't wanna say it was a failure, after the first surgery didn't go as planned, she went on vacation. So uh, the nurse practitioner was trying to get a hold of her and she said, I don't know how long it'll be before I hear back from her. You may need another treatment. You know, she's probably gonna wanna move ahead with another surgery. And before she could finish talking, her phone blew up and the surgeon said, where is he? When can he come in? And she said, he's here now. She said, get him up to the ninth floor for pre-op. I want him to get his COVID test, a CT scan and get his surgery scheduled as soon as possible. So we go upstairs to uh, get the special drinks and the special soap you have to get before surgery. And uh, our oncologist hadn't gotten to talk to us. And she literally ran from the eighth floor up the steps to the ninth floor, just about knocked the nurse out of the way that was carrying our soap and drinks and said, wait, I haven't got to talk to them yet. And she said, she said, Rick, you don't understand. This doesn't happen. This just does not happen. The pathologists never change their reports. I said, it does when you serve an amazing God and you've got thousands of people praying for you. You see, this, the pathologist said the spots were not cancer. Then it would have just been a normal surgery the first time. But this way, they said it was cancer. And they come back and say it's gone. God gets the glory. They didn't do that. He did. You know, and so they come back. Yes, praise the Lord. So now I'm scheduled for surgery in August, August 25th, Shelly's birthday. Sorry, Shelly. Um, I already have an incision from my chest to below my navel. And they're going back in the same one. And... Uh, it was a Tuesday afternoon. Now the first surgery was an hour and a half. And I went into this surgery around 9.45 in the morning. Um, this time when I woke up, my wife was standing beside me and the surgeon was standing at the end of the bed. I looked at the clock and it said 12.40. I was just coming out of anesthesia and so I, I hadn't said anything yet, but my wife could tell I was upset. Something, you know, she's like, she could tell by the look on my face. And she said, uh, she said, what's wrong, hon? I said, it's 12.40, remembering the last surgery. She started laughing and she goes, oh no, it's 12.40 Wednesday morning. You've been in surgery for 12 hours. I'm like, okay, that's what a relief. So I then looked at the surgeon who had this huge smile on her face. And she said, I got it all. Thank you, Lord. She told my wife, 
she was able to just peel the tumor off the artery and the vein that it was attached to. My wife looked at her kind of stunned. And she said, you're not going to believe this. Those are the exact words this man's been praying. That you would be able to just peel it off. So I must, I must also say that our surgeon is one of the top five surgeons in the country for this surgery. But the beautiful thing is, she prayed with us before both surgeries. And I'm so thankful for that. Another verse that several people shared with me was Isaiah 41.10. And it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I believe the Lord did that. The recovery from the second surgery has been excruciatingly slow compared to the first one, but they did a whole lot more work in there than they did the first time. And I was actually the third person in a trial at the James where they actually did radiation on the area where they took the tumor out during the surgery. So uh, that was different, but now we're, we're following up with that. Um, but um, I have a, a CT scan in October, and they said everything looked good. My surgeon told me that I was in a very elite group. She said that only 15% of pancreatic cancer patients make it to surgery, and even fewer get through surgery without any issues. And she also told me that out of the hundreds and hundreds of surgeries that she's done, I'm the only one that she's ever operated on twice. I would rather not be that elite, but, you know. But she said, go home. You've won. Live your life. Praise the Lord. I, you know, I mean, going from we're just going to be able to treat you to you've won. That's, that's Jesus. That's God's, God did that. Nobody else. My next follow-up is the week of January 4th, so I would appreciate all your prayers for a good report. And I never even knew anybody with pancreatic cancer before uh, I was diagnosed. But since then, we've been able to talk to and pray with people um, that have had it, um, are going through this journey that we've been on, and it's good to be able to let them know that they're not alone, you know, um, because there's times that you feel that way. You know, our prayer is that God will open doors and that we can use this as a mission field to help others. Um, I also have a, a very special prayer request and a praise. Um, a good friend and customer of mine has been one of the people we've been talking to. And her husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer three months after me. So we kind of went through this. I was a little ahead of him. Um, he was told he had a tumor on his liver and they would not be operating. He was terminal. They were planning for this year being his last Christmas. Um, they were trying to get his affairs in orders for the inevitable and I just kept telling her not to give up. God's still in the miracle business. I'm living proof. You know, just, just have faith. You know, it's going to happen. And she would say, you know, I, I'm not giving up. You know, we, and, and her husband's very positive. But I kept telling her, God still does miracles every day. She texted me yesterday morning. 
and said that the spot on his liver may be a collection of blood vessels. <laughs> and they're going to do an MRI. And just please pray for them that that's what it is, that it's not a tumor, that he can have the surgery and that they can confirm that it's blood vessels and, and they'll move ahead and that God will, will, will save him, you know, both spiritually and physically. Um, we've also talked to the hospital about them referring people to us so that we can support them. And of course, you have the red tape, the hospital policy. I have to be cancer free for at least a year so that, you know, I don't give anybody a, you know, don't get their hopes up and then, oh, but look at Rick, what if it came back? I understand, but um, we may deal with that later. Um, they told me that I was free to tell people about my faith if they ask, because this is a secular program. Uh, but other than that, I, I really should see what their values were and concentrate on them. And I said, look, I can't, I can't not talk about my faith. This is what got me through this. This, this is what happens, and, and I, I just can't do it. So I don't know if that's going to work out. We'll see what doors God opens. But we want to be willing to listen to whatever God wants us to do with this. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. I'm almost done, I promise. Um, if I can get my fingers to work. Um, we also wanted to start a program to donate either fur-lined or cold-weather socks to the surgery patients because they want you to get up and walk right away. They give you these cheapy, ugly, yellow socks, and they tell you to walk on a cold hospital floor. Now, most of those people already have neuropathy, so walking on a cold hospital floor is not comfortable. So um, my boss and his wife actually got me a pair of, of fur-lined socks at the hospital gift shop and all the nurses were like where'd you get those i'm like your gift shop so but it really helped so becky and i have been you know experimenting with different types of socks menards has 35 below socks which are awesome but they don't have the little non-skid stuff on the bottom um but there's other fur line socks out there i call them fur line sorry sheepskin, whatever they are, um, from TJ Maxx and other places that do have the grippies on the bottom. And what we would like to do is to get donations of those or money for those to donate to uh, the pancreatic cancer surgery patients so that they can have those to wear after surgery. We're also trying to get Ohio State to donate lanyards. I'm not sure how that's going to go. But once you come out of surgery, you have a drainage bag. and they safety pin it to your hospital gown, which automatically pulled your hospital gown off. You know, so we're trying to get a, a lanyard. My wife came up with this idea where you put tape around the, the hose and put a safety pin through that and then the, the bag is hanging from your lanyard on your neck and it's not pulling your hospital gown off. So um, we're looking at those two things with their volunteer program and that's still a possibility. I don't know what kind of impact COVID may have on that, um, but you know, we haven't we haven't gotten clearance yet, but they are, it's still moving forward. So please pray for that situation as well. Um, I, I really have to say that God has blessed me with the most incredible wife anybody could ever ask for. Um, she had to give me shots. 
She had to get me liquid nutrition through a pick line in my arm. She cared for me. She cleaned up after me. Uh, she cooked me anything I craved, no matter how crazy the combination was. And trust me, I came up with some good ones. Um, but I think she's qualified to be a nurse after this year. But I, I'm really in so thankful and so blessed to have such a wonderful wife. Um, I'm not sure how many people we've been able to help through all this, but that remains our prayer. And if there's anyone here that would like to talk to us, um, you know, please, if you need our support, talk to us afterwards. If there's anyone here who feels they need to pray, come right now. Be happy to pray with you. I know Brian will be happy to pray with you. Um, whatever your situation is, listen carefully to this. Whatever your situation is, God can carry you through it, no matter what it is. And it's so true that the more we focus on God, the smaller our problems seem to be. You know, it changes the whole way we look at things. And I could give you examples of two people who are in the same situation. You know, one's filled with joy, and the other one thinks the world, and maybe even God, is out to get them. Um, it's all in how we look at things. It really is. It's a choice to be filled with joy or to be miserable. The thing is that no matter what our choice is, it affects everybody around us. Think about that. How many people, just like COVID spreads, your joy or your miserableness spreads the same way. All right? It's either going to encourage them or it's going to make them miserable. And I hope that my choices encourages people. And I hope your choices do as well. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. I know it's been a long, long rambling session, but we love you. We love the Lord. Thanks, Rick. If you get a chance to talk to them, they've sort of kept a journal of all the miracles and all the blessings, and, and uh, it's just, it, it'll encourage you all. It'll just, it'll just blow your mind. And here's, here's one of the funny things. I think, I think it might be in the journal somewhere, but uh, it, it's funny how God does this, and he does it all the time, is last year, right about December 12th, I was over in my office, and Rick came to my mind out of nowhere, and I thought, hmm, I need to pray for Rick. So I just, you know, prayed, Lord, I don't, you know, haven't seen Rick for a while, just pray everything's going good with him and Becky, and, and then he called me a couple weeks later and asked me, you know, asked me to pray and, and us to pray for him, and he said when, you know, when he found out, and I said, huh, that's funny. Because you came to my mind, I think that day, and uh, and I started praying, and so God is just good, and uh, and even in a year like this one, which has been fun, uh, He's still so good, and uh, it's just it's just 
awesome to be a part of that. Um, as, we, as we end, I'm going to ask Greg and Rick to come back up. If you would light a couple of these Advent candles. Um, today is a day in Advent that we generally celebrate peace. And uh, if, if two people know about peace, it's these two. So I'll just have, have Greg, if you light two of them, and Rick, if you light two of them. It's, it's no... It's no miracle that Jesus came to be the Prince of Peace. And no matter what you need peace for today, whether you're here or online, uh, Jesus can be that Prince of Peace for you. And these two are treasure sharers today. Um, but I know there's so many other stories of, of treasure that you guys have, of ways that you've seen God work and ways that God have given you peace and ways that God showed up when you didn't know how you were going to make it through. Go share that treasure. It, people need it. People need it this year. Um, so share, share your treasure. As we close, I'm just going to close today with a psalm, not 91. Um, uh, nine, 91's really good. Uh, in fact, it's uh, Psalm 96. It says this. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved, for he will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound in all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice.